baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Good morning and welcome to Wiggins America. I can't believe you're here for the debut of the show. I could not be more excited about having my own name on a show. And it's not just because I get to call it whatever I want and play all this ridiculous music like you just heard. It's because... Uh, I get to talk to, about, to you about whatever I want. And that means you know what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about audits. We're going to talk about the stuff everybody makes fun of me for always talking about, election integrity. But it's so important that, yes, we are going to shine a big spotlight on that all the time until we get to the bottom of it. And maybe we will this week. That's the thing, is that we don't know exactly what these audits are going to turn up. And if they turn up, nothing great. In fact, Better than great, because we can trust that our system is actually still intact, even though there may be, as as all even Democrats say, of course there is some election irregularity in every election, because you're talking about 160 million votes cast. Well, you're always going to have problems when you talk about those numbers, but the question is, do you have deliberate fraud happening? And we hope to find... Uh, The answers to those questions here soon, Arizona leading the way, of course, and we're going to talk about that in the next hour in depth because I have an article up about it that we're going to go over and uh, look at some of the preliminary numbers, of course, that are coming out. That is in the 7 o'clock hour. It's 971talk.com if you want to get a jump start and read that ahead of time. But thank you for being awake with me and up for this first segment of the show this morning. I'm sure that's what you did, right? You set your alarm for 6 o'clock so that you could hear the beginning of the show. It's not that you just so happen to be in the car at this time and experiencing this historic event with me. Uh, but the thing that I want to open the show with today, because we're going to get right into it, is... Earlier this week, it may not be top of mind for you at this moment, but man, it just struck a chord with me and drove me crazy. It was this picture, well, lots of pictures, because AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's just some random representative from New York. She gets all this attention because she does this ridiculous stuff, and she apparently represents a good portion of the way far progressive left who think that she's got things figured out. You got the centrist, quote-unquote, Biden Democrats, even though they're way, way far left of where they ran. And then you got the AOCs, who are supposed to represent the progressive left even more so than the rest of the Democrat Party. But the problem is, anytime she has an idea, if she presents it, even in digestible fashion like she did at the gala on, what was it, Monday night? She wore this dress that says, tax the rich. Well, obviously, you're walking into a gala with some of the most powerful, influential, you know, most notable people in the world. And it's $30,000 a plate to get in the door. And you're saying, tax the rich. It's so hypocritical that, you know, it, it doesn't even take thought to criticize those things. But I thought I did think, well, I want to look into this again, because it's one of those things that even Joe Biden Democrats say a lot, that the rich need to pay their fair share. That's the phrase. And they do it on purpose 
to try to make us think that we, the average little guy, are carrying the load for everybody else in the country. Well, to some extent, that's true. As far as getting work done, we are. We're the people who do the work. We're the people getting up every morning, going to work, producing, going home. We're making the food. We're doing the stuff. I guess I'm not. I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you. But <laughs> uh, my job is to still get up, communicate, and I do it every day. We all work every day, right? Um, I make nowhere near what the top 10% of the country, let alone the top 1%. But let me break this down for you just so you know what these elites who are making that kind of money are trying to portray to you to make you dissatisfied. They're trying to create class warfare is what they're trying to do, right? So here's the facts. If you make above $540,000 a year, you are among the top 1% of all earners in the United States. And because we're the richest country in the world, you'd have to think that you'd be among the richest people in the world at that point. The top 1% richest people in the world. But certainly in the United States, if you make above $540,000, you, if you do that, are paying 40% of all of the income taxes in the United States. Let me go further back here because we can do 2%, we can do 5%. Let me go back all the way to 10% because there might be some very, very wealthy people listening right now, but there's a there's a, a level of wealth that gets to where it's like, you know what, I probably know at least a handful of people who make that much money and I don't consider them to be ridiculously wealthy. They're probably doing fine, but I don't think of them and be like, oh, that's my rich friend. $152,000. So basically, if you make over $150,000, you are considered the top 10% of all earners in the United States. And again, you can extrapolate that to say the world. Over $150,000 and you are among the top 10%. That means that if you make over $150,000 a year, you are one of the very few who are paying 71% of all American income taxes. So if you make, let's say, 87000 or under 150000 you're only paying, you and everybody down to the bottom zero, are paying a total of 29% of all income taxes in the United States. So next time they say, are you paying your fair share? The answer is always yes. You are paying your fair share. Everybody's paying their fair share. In fact, a flatter tax is the fairest way to be paying your fair share. And they say, well, that would, inc- it, that would uh, impact the lower end more. Yeah, but it's fair. And I will always, even though I'm not among the top 10%, I'm probably not even among the top 50%. Uh, I would always advocate just for paying a flat tax for that very reason. But it was other things at that Met Gala that really, really stuck in my craw. It wasn't just that argument that I I do think deserves attention. It was all of the other stuff that uh, goes along with the elite. Over the weekend, last weekend, so probably about a week ago, I think it was Sunday, Rose McGowan came out and uh, was stumping for Larry Elder, surprisingly. Nobody thought that was going to happen. She's been a hardcore Democrat for her whole life. Um, She came out and said that 
Gavin Newsom's wife, who of course Larry Elder, it's I mean, I don't want to say Larry Elder's running against Gavin Newsom. It was a wide variety of candidates running against Gavin Newsom, who was being recalled. Um, but she came out and stumped specifically for Larry Elder, saying, I don't even agree with most of this guy's positions, but here's how corrupt the whole system is now. Gavin Newsom, his wife tried to bribe me in 2017 into not coming out against Harvey Weinstein. Why in the world would you do that if you are a Democrat who claims to protect women and believe all women and support women's rights if it's not just for power? Because it is just for power. Somebody like Rose McGowan, who doesn't even agree with Larry Elder, just says, look, I just want somebody else in there. Because these people that I've dealt with my entire life, they will stab you in the back, they will lie, they will cheat, they will steal, and they will say anything just to get you on their side, and they just want to use you. They don't actually care about anybody. And that's what was on parade at that Met Gala. I'm sure I've heard of the Met Gala before, maybe you have too, but it was... It was so gross to watch. A lot of people have compared it to the the uh, socialites, the capital dwellers in the Hunger Games. It really did look like that. I think the point of it was to dress ridiculous. Uh, maybe that's the point of the whole Met Gala to begin with. I don't know. But it really did look like that. And coming off the heels last weekend of 9-11, we're on the one-week away, an- one-week anniversary, whatever you call that. It was last Saturday. And it was just this moment that, for me... It was emotional. It was surprisingly emotional. I didn't realize um, how much that was going to dredge up from my own experience, just of of being a college student at that time and realizing that everything was changing and just being not afraid, but surprised by what evil was capable of. And, you know, we all kind of came together across parties Uh, last Saturday, and then within a day, you got people, and the theme of the Met Gala was, you know, American. I don't know if it was support America, but it was supposed to be an American theme, and everybody there was just trashing America, including our own politicians, AOC. I don't know, I've said this before, I don't know how to say her name, is it Cara Delevingne? Um, she's in all kinds of stuff. She's been in DC movies. If you saw her, you'd recognize her. She's fairly young. I think she's in her early twenties and she's kind of an up and comer. You'll see her in lots of stuff over the next few years. I'm sure. Um, she's a good actress. She was wearing a shirt that said pin the patriarchy as in like down with the patriarchy, right? Well, somebody looked into her past, her past is is the patriarchy. (laughs) It is just people of influence. Uh, Her godmother is Joan Collins. Her maternal grandfather was a publishing executive and English heritage chairman. Uh, And these people, like, they're British, a lot of them, so they have titles like Sir Jocelyn Stevens and Sir Edward Hutton, first baronet. You can't get any more patriarchy (laughs) than that. And yet she's there touting this down with the patriarchy thing, which is the only reason she's in the position that she's gotten is that she had all these connections and she knew the people and she got in with them. It is so ridiculously hypocritical and it is on display, not just in entertainment. Now that's, what's amazing is that entertainers are now coming out and saying, it's not just an entertainment. It's not just Harvey Weinstein. 
all these people are connected. McGowan talking about Gavin Newsom. He, she also mentioned that President Obama's daughter had an insur- internship with the Weinstein Company. They all knew and know what was going on. They're not shocked. Oh my gosh, Harvey Weinstein was sexually abusing people. They knew and they just didn't care. They were doing whatever they wanted. And now it's in politics too. Because as you know, Congress has exempted Joe Biden, or Joe Biden has exempted Congress from having to get the vaccine mandate. And postal workers, anybody that affects them <clears throat> is exempt from their rules, as we saw with Gavin Newsom at the French Laundry going out and having a party in the midst of the height of COVID when he's locking his entire state down. You can't go to the beach, but I can go to a party. Obama's birthday bash a month ago. Pelosi, of course, at the salon. She can do it, but you can't. Even on 9-11 last weekend, there are videos of Pelosi and all these politicians standing around talking to each other, not wearing masks, about a foot apart from each other, and then they turn the press cameras on and they all put their masks on. It's disgusting. And these are the people leading the country. Wow. Wiggins America. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Wiggins America 97.1 FM Talk. Trisha's in here. Hi, Trisha. Hi, Ryan. So thanks for joining me. You are just begging to talk about some of the top issues. And I was like, I mean, I guess you can come in for this segment. You can talk about this if you want to. Thank you so much. I mean, it is an honor. I actually don't even know. What are we talking about? I'm not sure either. Are we talking about Norm or are we going to talk about the missing girl? Either one. That's why it's your show. Okay. Wiggins America. Then fill me in because I'm I'm intrigued about this. I don't even know how to pronounce the name. Petito. 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 Petito Potato. How do you, so what's the background? Why has this become a national story? Okay. Well, it's a missing 22-year-old Florida woman. And her and her boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, started this cross-country road trip to hit all of the national parks in the U.S. Brian Laundrie and Petito. Petito yes. and Laundrie. Petito and Laundrie. Okay. They were formally engaged, and they backed off and decided to just be boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. She considers herself an Instagram influencer. Um, oh. He's also got a pretty popular Oh, so Instagram she's a little, a little famous. Uh, yes. Um, so it wasn't just that this was a random news story. This was that, oh, people were following her, and now she's gone. They're building a van life brand, so they started a YouTube channel. Oh, so they're they're doing the whole like minimalist living thing. Yes. Which I think is cool. Van. Yes, but apparently something has gone wrong because they go on this trip and they're gone for like four weeks. So they start in July on and she's in constant contact with her family in New York. They live in Florida. Her and Brian do. She's in constant contact with her family in New York until August 25th. So literally every day she's texting these people. 
And then the text stopped. Her mom gets a text from her phone on August 30th that says no signal in Yosemite. That's the last contact. And they don't know for sure if they believe that it was her that actually sent that text message. So a few days after, um, they end up contacting the police and saying, hey, our daughter's missing. We haven't heard from her since the 30th. I believe on September 1st is whenever they make the actual contact. Well, Brian and the van that they were in show up in Florida but no Gabby. He gets pulled over. She's not there. And basically he says nothing. He says, I want to talk to a lawyer. Whoa. And he's gone silent. So the lawyer put out a statement saying that the family hopes that Gabby is found, but they won't comment any further. Um, and they want to stay in the background of the investigation. So obviously it's like, you're the last dude that saw her. So I said to you yesterday speaking just broadly in terms of why this is a story Mm -hmm. that whenever there's a missing person or there's a um you know it's it's an individual story where it's somebody that normally wouldn't make the news but all of a sudden everybody cares about this one person or these in this case this couple um that to me is a sign that the news cycle is good because there's not bigger news to be discussing yes and so they have to focus on these hyper small things it's weird, though, because that's not really the case right now. There are huge news stories. So this is a weird one that's broken through. We're in a weird day and age where people have so much access to information that, I mean, there are so many, like, citizen journalists out there that love the true crime thing. And this one is just red meat for yeah some of the, like, people that are really into that, for lack of a better word way of putting it okay so let me ask you this since i've not been following the story because i have again because of the reasons i just told you that i'm like oh this is one of those human interest stories okay i'm not going to pay attention because it doesn't really mm-hmm. impact anybody than other these couple people but now that you're talking about it i'm like okay now i'm kind of interested well and there's even more but well okay well is there a chance that these people are setting this up to become famous that's a great question and that is one that still needs to be answered but at this point she's still missing So what's weird is they end up in Utah on August 12th. Police are called over a domestic dispute. Her and and you can see this body cam footage online. The police release the body cam footage. It's like an hour and 17 minutes that she's in. She's in this. So this is August. She's been reported missing, but then she shows up in this. She's reported missing in September, a couple of weeks later. Okay. In this body cam footage, it's in the middle of the day. They get pulled over. She's hysterical, crying, saying her OCD's out of control. They've been in a fight. The police separate them. See, this all sounds like Instagram stuff. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. Anyway, ultimately, the police report said domestic dispute, no big deal. Okay. All right. Here's where it gets really weird, though. At the same time they were in Utah, in the same location, to down to the exact same bar in question here, there is another couple that's been in the news, a double homicide. So... There's this couple, Kylan Schulte and Crystal Beck. They were last seen at Woody's Tavern, this bar in Utah. And they had sent a text message to a friend that said there's a creepy guy hanging around our campsite. This is all on August 13th, the day after this couple's domestic dispute happens, right? Okay. Creepy guy hanging around the campsite. These two end up missing. They're found shot dead at their campsite. Okay. Now there are reports, and Woody's bar has said they don't know for certain, but there are reports that Brian Laundrie and Gabby Petito were at the exact same bar at the exact same night, staying at the exact same campground 
a day after the domestic dispute. So, so the connection has to be what's what's with Brian Laundry, the boyfriend, and the other creepy guy. Yeah, is there? There's not any reports of what this other creepy guy was, but now you've got a double homicide, a missing person, all in the same location. He's not talking at all about any of it, and. It all is happening in this weird co-op place called the Moonflower in Utah, and the internet is like, what is going on? Man, I, okay, I, I hope it's not, homi- well, there's already homicides, right? I mean, there these people are, are dead. Two women dead. Those yes. people are already dead. Yes. And so, but the, 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 the girl Petito's missing. Correct. So, part of me really hopes that they're not setting this up to be famous because they've achieved it. Yes. And this would be a disgusting way to get famous. I agree. And that her poor family is on. I mean, they're on Fox News every night. They're on all of the news outlets. Please, we need information begging his family to talk. Police are now like her family's in New York. So there are police in New York, Utah and Florida all working together. The FBI is involved trying to find this woman. They've said that they can't. They're not connecting the two cases yet, but they're not ruling it out either. See, this all speaks to the bigger social media culture, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're in a time now where anybody will do anything to get famous and to get more clicks and more views. So your mind immediately goes there when this could be a genuine, you know, like terrible crime that happened. Mm -hmm. But we're all like, eh, yep, (laughs) probably just somebody setting it up. But it could be. I I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, th- these kind of stories bother me just for that reason, just because I'm like, well, now I care. <laughs> I know. I know. But I mean, to your point earlier, there are actually bigger issues going on in the world. Not that this woman's life isn't important and that all of these lives are not important. But we're talking about like actual national and like global issues mm-hmm. that are way bigger. And but I, I can't lie. This is fascinating to me. And I've gone down a big rabbit hole. I agree. Did you ever get to share? I mean, I've got like four other stories here that are like real stories that I do want to talk about. Maybe we'll get to the Norm thing too, if yeah, that's if that's absolutely. cool. Absolutely, because we're going to talk about uh, Norm McDonald with Victoria Jackson in the next hour, great. which I think is going to be really, really great. She's she's so non filtered that I think some of the stories that I've talked about with her before, just from knowing her, are probably going to come up. And uh, if they if they don't, I'll just coax them out of her, and she'll just talk sure. about them. <laughs> That's the way she is. Yeah, right. Uh, so stick around for that. It's Wiggins America. Um, I got to plug my name because it's the first show, you know. Yeah. Let's get the brand. Congratulations, by the Thank way. Thank you. That's, this is awesome. I, you know, I've had a lot of people congratulating me. So I feel like this is just, oh, well, this is just the next step, you know. Mm-hmm. Do a weekend show. Get your name out there. But it's apparently it's a bigger deal because everybody's walking around the office like, hey, great job. You're doing great. Good job. I think it's huge. I'm like, cool. Okay, yeah. let's do it. I, to me, it's just like we're doing it. You know, yeah. we're getting the work done. So, uh, But the story that you brought up a couple weeks ago that we never got to talk about. This is when I was filling in for Annie, right? So you and I were in the same studio like all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we've got to talk about this. But it was right in the middle of the peak of the Afghanistan stuff. And it was like, no, we're not talking about anything but that. That's what we're going to focus on. But there was this local story about a, fill me in here because I, I have like two little parts of it that are floating around that I'm like, okay, I got to grab this. Do you remember? Do you know I what I'm talking know about? where you're going and I can't think of her darn name. It, it's okay. You just make up a name. If you know the story, I want to hear the actual story and I'm putting you on the spot here. 
Okay. Okay. You're talking about the woman in St. Louis. Yeah, it's a local thing. It's a local thing. And so basically, this guy catches this local woman breaking into his truck. And he gets it on video. Yes. And he's like, hey, you're breaking into my truck. And she's like, oh, I thought this was somebody else's truck. Her to her. And he's like, yeah, no, you didn't. And tells her to get the heck out of there. <laughs> In nice words. And Yes. <laughs> um and she basically, she had left, she had a bag, like her purse in his truck while she was rifling through it. Oh, so she she broke in, and, but, but she's holding her purse. She had set her purse down at some she point. She gets surprised she, by the guy, correct. runs away, leaves the purse. Yes. Okay. Well, he tells her to get out of there and she's like, can I get my stuff? And he's like, no. So she, so she just leaves it. Yeah, so she has to okay. leave it. He kind of bullies her out of there, but I don't blame him. You know, she's yeah. robbing him. Um, I'm just surprised that she wasn't. She's bold enough to break into a car, but not bold enough to be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to grab my yeah, purse." By the way, let me just. She she was bold enough to ask, and then scared enough to leave after he wow, told her. Wow, no. weird. He gets he gets her phone basically and hacks into her Facebook account from her phone and starts posting as her and says, "I'm you know I'm a thief." And then he starts going through her phone and publishing all of this information um, from her phone and. It, she's connected to a string of robberies, multiple car thefts, and then there was this inmate named Bobby who was a convicted felon. He'd been out of prison. He was in, I believe, his 80s at some point over a two-week window at the end of the year. It was like December to January. He signed over power of attorney to this girl. She's got Oh, a- she was like an Anna Nicole Smith Correct. Like she was the young one and he was like, oh, I just want to be with you. Yes. And I think it had to do with, um, it probably had to do with the drug connection. He ends up dead like three days later. So now there's like a justice for Bobby Phillips thing going on. That she's connected. So there was already this thing that she was connected to that nobody knew who she was, but she left her phone and all the stuff in this guy's car. And he just put her on blast. And he's remaining in the background, obviously, for safety reasons, but he's been posting pictures of like, hey, I've got all these car keys. Like, I've got all this stuff. Like, I've got like her things from this phone. Like, anybody recognize any of this stuff? And it's been like, there's been like a vigilante, like Facebook, like, actually, I think there were people in Australia working on it. It's been like a global effort to like find justice for Bobby and get all the return, like stolen stuff returned. And it's just been, I'm going to have to look up her name. No, you're doing great from memory. I mean, you just recited that whole thing from a couple of weeks ago from memory. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I know there were more details though, because there was stuff that just dropped my jaw when you were talking about it in the past. Well, and part of, there was another weird thing because they were, she was actually staying in like a hostile type situation in an Airbnb in St. Louis. The owner of the Airbnb had like tried to kick her out multiple times. There had been a lot of like, you know, illicit activity. They couldn't get her out. This is where Bobby ends up dead. The police, the police in this, and they've, I think it maybe speaks to like, how many bigger fish they have to fry and like or how stretched thin they are and how spread thin they are but they they didn't confiscate her phone when the robbery was reported this guy ended up keeping it and being able to like move oh that's right that. that was a big part of that story is that he wanted to report all this to the authorities and they were like look we just got too much going on and so he that's why he blasted all this stuff out right yes so it's yes and he did report it but they didn't but they didn't there, do anything yeah, basically. Her name's Elizabeth Cook, by the way. Okay. 
So Elizabeth Cook is staying at this in this like situation in an Airbnb. Bobby Phillips ends up dead. The police come and don't take his body right away. Like the Airbnb owner has spoken to the Riverfront Times. RFT is doing a lot of report of the reporting on it. Um, KMOV actually picked it up. And I waited because of what we were talking about before. I waited to speak about it because I was worried that this was a social media ruse because it was like Uh, too crazy. Like too crazy, too many things going on. And then a guy ends up dead. Like that didn't seem like it could be real. Right. You wanted to vet it. Yeah, I did. But I I think the last I heard, she was sitting in jail on unrelated charges and it's all being. Oh, so they got her. They did. But they don't know if they they haven't connected her to this yet. It seems pretty obvious. Yeah. But we'll see. That's just so crazy. It's crazy because it takes basically it takes attention for something to happen anymore, Mm -hmm. which is really discouraging. I mean, we get the benefit of sitting here putting attention on things, so that's fine for us, and I'm hoping that we put the attention on the right things, but there's there's so much injustice happening all over the place, whether it be local or especially nationally, that just gets no attention, but until you start shining a light on it, then people start talking about it. That's one of the reasons I'm talking about the audit. Yeah. Nobody, nobody ever talks about these freaking things. It drives me crazy. So we got a couple minutes left. Do you want to do the norm thing? Yeah, I do. And to segue into the norm thing, I actually really like that you're on the audit thing. And like when you were filling in for Annie, you were on the Afghanistan thing because that was something that was so admirable about Norm that ultimately like he didn't care. He took a position and he hammered it home like he kept going with it. See the OJ situation like he's such an enigma, too. Yeah. I, like just from my conversations with Victoria about him, because she's about as close to him as I've ever been. Um, she, you know, she knew him, I, I think, fairly well. I, they don't think they they either barely crossed over on SNL or they they barely missed each other, but they still knew each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's got some weird stories about him that don't. It's weird because they shine more light on who he is, but they shine more light on the fact that he's an enigma. Like nobody could ever figure him out. So he would go on, like you've seen the clips of The View where he's going on, he's like, yeah, Bill Clinton killed that guy. (laughs) And you're like, Norm, do you know what you're saying? And they all are like, Norm, you just accused the sitting president of murder, right? And he's like, yeah, everybody knows it, right? And when you watch it, you think, he doesn't even know what he's doing. But he he probably did know exactly what he was doing, Mm -hmm. except that he would never let on to anybody in his entire life that he did know. He's like that, uh, the mighty um, Andy Kaufman, Mm -hmm. you know, where you never really knew, and he's way smarter than he seems. But when he would do any sort anything publicly, he would always sort of undermine himself to where you always thought, well, is he actually stupid? It's, I mean, it was amazing, and you know, he had tons of writers on SNL, so a lot of those jokes weren't his, but he would pick them. Yeah, and his timing with them led to some of the. Is he serious? Is he not serious? Does yeah. he know what's happening? I mean, I going back now, you mentioned this when you were on with Mark Cox earlier in the week. Um, like his timing and like not being like political, it was just it's genius, unmatched genius. And a lot of the country is going back now and really getting to relive like how how special his comedy was. Yeah. And I had a long conversation with a few people yesterday about him just because, you know, Mm -hmm. just because everybody's doing the same thing. We're all watching all these old clips and being like, oh, my gosh, that was really funny. We all knew he was funny, but there's still a segment of the population 
that this probably brings out even more for because he's everywhere right now that just did not get him. My wife is one of those people. Mm-hmm. And she gets comedy. Like she it's not like she's you know, a dud and just was like, no, I don't get anything. You know, she gets all comedy. She gets the weird stuff I do, but she's like, I don't get Norm MacDonald. He didn't, there's, there's a segment of the population who he just went right by. Yeah. I could see that. I watched his, I watched his rose to Bob Saget and it was hilarious, but the jokes were like very simple, like almost like equivalent to like, <laughs> fart jokes. Kind w- weren't of? they intended like, to be? Yes. Like he was almost talking past the roast yes. to the people watching the roast. Yes, in like a very simple way that you like. You're like, is he telling jokes for third graders right now? <laughs> yes. But that was part of it. Like that's part of what he was doing. Well, he was willing to do what a lot of comedians are not willing to do and bomb on purpose just to make you laugh at the bomb. Yes. Which is really hard to do because you've got to be so sure of yourself that you know, like, I know for sure that what I'm doing is funny, and I know that nobody's going to get it the first time I do it, but I'm going to do it anyway because down the road, people are going to think it's genius. Yeah, and that's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. Trisha, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we can do this every week. Thank you very much. Cool. Happy to be here. Wiggins America. We're going to talk again. Uh, I keep promoting this. Victoria Jackson coming up in the next hour. We're going to talk some specific norm stuff, but a lot to get to between now and then. 97.1 FM Talk. This is Wiggins America. Good Saturday morning to you. So last week, we heard that the vaccine mandate was being expanded. It's wide open arms reaching around everyone's neck. Across the entire country, and I did a bit of a monologue on the Annie Fry show. We're going to replay that right now. Wow, that's amazing. Wiggins, America. That is amazing. Uh, and my my blood is just boiling. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm warning you right now. Ever since that speech yesterday, I've just been hot. And your rights are enshrined in the Bill of Rights, but according to Biden, as of yesterday, uh, they, they've gotten tired of you exercising those rights. They've grown impatient. Uh, so we're just going to take them away. Uh, it's for your own good, right? So don't you, you got to know that. We're, we're always doing this stuff for your good. <clears throat> this time what he's saying is, but you will do as I say or you will not have a job. Here are the rules. You will do this or you will not be employed. That is not American. And that is just the latest because we didn't get here all of a sudden. We've been doing this for quite a while, but especially for the last 18 months or so. As you recall, when they said you're forced to wear a mask... Most of us said, okay, seems temporary. I don't like that it's coming from the government, but this is such a weird time. Okay, we said okay. Then they told us maybe you're a security guard, you're a business owner, a Walmart greeter, or whatever, and you have to enforce these unconstitutional executive orders at your businesses past 30 days. And you said, okay, I have to, or I'll lose my job, right? A lot of us, a lot of us did that. Then they said, well, you have to enforce the closures of certain businesses, not all of them, just the ones we chose. And you, maybe as a health inspector or in a position like that, were put in a precarious circumstance. I have to shut down a restaurant just for trying to serve food. You know, that's what a restaurant does. I have to shut a restaurant down for existing. Well, but I guess I better, otherwise I might lose my job. And a lot of us said, well, okay, I don't want to lose my job. Then they told you that the kids had to stay stay home and only learn on the internet or that they couldn't play sports and they closed beaches and they closed public parks for months. 
even though being outside is better than being inside because they were just following the science, but we complied because we assumed all of these things were temporary. They're not trying to be authoritarian. They're just trying to keep us safe. You've probably heard this uh, Benjamin Franklin quote before. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety because it wasn't temporary. And we never drew a line in the sand in these social situations if we got to be in them at all uh, because it was unpopular. I don't want to be the one people stare at because I'm not wearing a mask. I don't want to cause a scene. I want somebody to point at me and say, rule breaker. That will single me out. I don't want to be noticed. I just want to go along, get along, let bygones be be bygones. Well, guess what? The cushy American life that we once knew, I hate to say this, but this, this, this is the conclusion I came to last night. The cushy American life that we knew is gone. It is over and it is not coming back. We compared ourselves for, to the rest of the world for a long, long time. We would say things like, look at them. They do healthcare this way. We should do it that way. Or look at China. They combated the virus this way. They, they locked everybody away. We should do that. Or look at them. They don't have personal firearms. Look at their crime statistics. Look at this country over here. They have social safety nets that are equivalent of universal basic income. We like that. Well, that looks, looks like pretty good. And we compared and compared and compared ourselves to other nations. And we tried to do what they did instead of being America, as the Eternal Ge- Attorney General said this. I love that. And look where we are now. We asked for Saul, basically. We, we said, look at what the other nations are doing. We want that. So we're getting Saul now. This moment in American history, this is our Saul moment as I was examining things. But you know that's, if you know that story, it's a biblical story, then you know what came next. God gave him David who slayed Goliath, and nobody thought that could happen, but he can be beaten. So all those people you said were crazy your whole life because they sounded like they were yelling slippery slope all the time. Slippery slope. We brushed them off because they had the momentum of freedom where we had the momentum of freedom behind us. While the foundations were being eroded under us, we didn't listen to those people pointing at your feet saying, look, look, the foundation you're standing, it's almost gone. And now you can't bury your head in the sand anymore because these things are touching every aspect of your life, your employment, your kids, the place you live, the messages you take in, the price and availability of food, other items, the medical care you receive, your relationships with people. And now, instead of burying your head in the sand, you're forced to draw a line in it. So how far Will you be pushed? You've got to put your foot down now. This is it. This is kind of the point of the Wiggins America today is to say, if you last night when you heard Biden speaking and you were not troubled by that, get ready because even if this one isn't the one for you, it's coming for you. I encourage you, put your foot down now and say, no, I will not do this. You will not regret it. Even if you're mostly, you know, I want to stay out of this. Let everybody do their thing. It's coming for you. The slippery slope is here. This is where we've gotten. Standing up against this will look different for everybody because everybody's situation is a little different. Your vaccine situation, your employment situation, your employer, state or county you live in, how big your business is, all that stuff is going to be different for everyone. So fighting this is going to be a different experience for everyone. It's up to your personal conviction. But now is the time. American Media Export. Wiggins, America. Get more at 971talk.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.